Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and it's my pleasure to be with you again this week for our latest installment, Sex Facts or Fiction. So I have two questions for you. Can sex improve your self-esteem? Can sex lower your blood pressure? Do you know the answers to these questions? Well, today I'm going to answer these questions and many more. I'm going to lay bare the most common sexual fictions and facts. The more you know, the better your sex life is going to be. If you're on the verge of despair over a sagging sex life, don't give up. Even if your sex life is more like a wet blanket, have no fear. Dr. Love is here. In addition to revealing the sex facts versus fiction, I'm going to share my appetite wedding recipe for romance and fasten your seatbelts and unfasten your chastity belts because my recipe for romance is sure to resurrect the sexual dead. So before we focus on how to rouse the sleeping giant, I want to help you understand what may be getting your sex life down. Obviously, we can't fix a flagging sex life if the flagpole is broken. And if your flag is flying at half mast because of physical, emotional, or relational problems, not even the best sex techniques will enable you to raise that flag. Think about this analogy. Millions of people take nutritional supplements but they don't receive the expected benefits. Why? Well, for one thing, if you have a toxic bowel or a clogged up liver or kidneys, then you're just throwing nutrients into a garbage heap. The same is true for your sex life. If you have an underlying emotional, physical, or relational issue that's going on, you're never going to be able to clean up your sex act. So the time and energy required to improve your sex life, is not only going to pay off immediately, but you will continue to bear fruit for the long term. Remember, your sex expertise is in your own hands, so it's time to stop beating around the bush, the bush, if you'll pardon my pun. So before we're done today, you're going to be a sex expert. And then if we have time, I'll answer three questions. The first, oral sex. And in this one, I'm helping out a guy who's depressed over the fact that his girlfriend refuses to chow down. So stay tuned to find out the real reason why her limited sexual tastes is getting him so down. And the second question faked into a corner. I'm talking with a wife who's faking sexual fireworks, now doesn't know how to get out of the corner she's painted herself into. So stay with me and find out how she can get off the lying treadmill and start getting off for real. The third question, teeny peeny. I work with a boy from Budapest who thinks his penis is nothing but a tiny pest. So stay with me as I help him realize why a guy who isn't large can actually have more bang for his sexual buck than a man who is over in doubt. And then I have a reading between the sheets question. It, it's, uh, it is hard to achieve an orgasm. And in this one, I'm helping a guy figure out why he can get excited, but has trouble achieving an orgasm. So stay with me for my recipe for upping his ejaculatory odds. So let's start by testing your sexual knowledge with a little quiz, a true false quiz. See how much you know about sex. The more you know, the better. How many times a year does the average American couple have sex? 32 times a year, 66 times a year, 89 times a year, or 126 times a year? Well, if you said 66, you're right. According to the National Opinion Research Center, the average American couple reports having sex 66 times a year. Married adults under age 30 say they have sex an average of 109 times a year, but the average number drops to 70 times per year for 40-somethings and 52 times a year for people in their 50s. Next quiz question. In which of the following ways are men's and women's sex drives different? Women are more likely to call themselves bisexual. Women are more influenced by the attitudes of their peer group in decisions about sex. A woman's willingness to perform various sexual practices is more likely to change over time, or all of the above. And the correct answer is 
all of the above. Experts say women's sexual inclinations are more complicated than men's. While men are very rigid and specific about who they become aroused by, women have less directed sex drives. Researchers say women are more likely to call themselves bisexual and that their sex drives overall are more fluid and can be more heavily influenced by social and cultural factors. Your next question. What's the average length of an erect penis? Four to five inches, five to six inches, seven to eight inches, or eight to 10 inches. Would you believe I have never met a guy or a woman for that matter who gets this one right? The erect average penis length is between five and six inches. When flaccid, AKA limp, penis size averages around 3.5 inches. Which gender has a higher preference for reaching orgasm through oral sex, men or women? If you said women, you're right. So only 10% of men reported a preference for oral sex to achieve orgasm, while 18% of women reported that preference. Men are more likely to reach orgasm when sex includes vaginal intercourse, but women are more likely to reach orgasm when they engage in a variety of sex acts that include vaginal intercourse or oral sex. Or right, here's your next question. How long is it before the average man ejaculates during sexual intercourse? 5.4 minutes, 9.1 minutes, 18.7 minutes, or 32.6 minutes? A study in the Journal of Sexual Medicine found that the average duration from the beginning of vaginal penetration until ejaculation was 5.4 minutes. Not very long, really. You can actually learn how to increase that, uh, that length of time. I explained that in my advice archives at AskDrLove.com. Stress can make a man's penis shrink. Is that true or is that false? Well, one more reason for men to avoid stress, it can actually make your penis shrink, if only temporarily. A man's flaccid penis varies in size considerably because of various environmental factors and their effects on the sympathetic nervous system. Cold water and cold air are perhaps the best known causes of this shrinkage phenomenon, but psychological stress can do the same thing. Here's your next question. Older women are more likely to experience orgasm when sex is within the context of a relationship, true or false? Amazingly, the answer is false. Women over 50 are more likely to report orgasm when a sexual event is with someone who is not a relationship partner. Researchers speculate that many newly divorced or widowed women may find the novelty of a new partner arousing. Next question is on masturbation. Masturbation can improve sexual function, cause sexual dysfunction, cause genital injury, or all of the above. What's the correct answer? All of the above. Most masturbation is safe and healthy, according to sex researchers, and it can improve sexual function and relationships by teaching both men and women about their own sexual responses so they're better able to explain to their partner what feels good to them. But people who become too obsessed with solo sex can develop sexual problems or lose interest in sex with their partners. And masturbation can, in fact, cause injury. Frequent or overly vigorous masturbation can irritate the skin of the penis, and men who masturbate face down can injure their urethras. And I've actually heard anecdotal information about women who overuse vibrators, that they can actually almost like give themselves a clitoris callus, right, so that they just don't respond well to normal human manual or oral stimulation. Here's your next question. Most women under age 60 think about sex less than once a day. True or false? If you said true, you're right. While the majority of adult men under 60 think about sex at least once a day, only about one quarter of women report this level of frequency. As men and women age, each fantasize less, but men still fantasize about sex twice as often. Next question, what percentage of women say they always have an orgasm during sex with their partners? 14, 29%, 48%, or 74%. Among women who are part of a couple, 29% report that they always have an orgasm. What percentage of men say they always have an orgasm during sex with their partner? 
39% of men, 60% of men, 75% of men, or 93% of men. Among men who are part of a couple, 75% report that they always have an orgasm. Here's your next question. Most women can have an orgasm without direct stimulation of the clitoris. This one stumps a lot of people. The, co the correct answer is false. Most women require direct clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. And for women who have trouble achieving orgasm, incorporating clitoral, clitoral stimulation into sexual activity may be all that is necessary. All right, here's your next one. The G-spot is a sexually sensitive part of a woman's anatomy found in the anterior wall. True or false? This one is really going to throw you a curveball. False. All published scientific data report, report that the Grafenberg spot or the G-spot does not exist. There are no ultrasonographic images or anatomical pictures of the G-spot, and the female prostate has no anatomical structure that can cause an orgasm. Whether the G-spot exists is a matter of debate. There was a book in 1982, the G, and in that book, the G-spot was listed as a region behind the pubic bone that has been created as the trigger for the vaginal versus the clitoral orgasm, and even a catalyst for female ejaculation. However, some experts note that there's no unique anatomical structure where the G-spot is supposed to be located. As I said, so if the G-spot exists, it's described as an erogenous zone rather than a part of a woman's anatomy. And most researchers believe that when you're stimulating what you think is the G-spot, you're actually stimulating part of the nerves that supply the clitoris. Next question. Sexual activity can increase the risk of heart attack and stroke in older people. True or false? False. While people with a history of stroke or heart disease should consult their doctors about sexual activity, for the most part, sex is a healthy form of exercise for older people. Researchers who tracked 914 men for 20 years found that having sex twice or more a week reduced the risk of fatal heart attack by half compared with those who had sex less than once a month. They also found frequency of sex was not associated with stroke. Next question. Sex can lower stress and improve blood pressure. True or false? True. Having sex can lower your stress and your blood pressure. That finding comes from a Scottish study of 24 women and 22 men who kept records of their sexual activity. The researchers put them in stressful situations like speaking in public and doing math out loud and check their blood pressure. People who'd had sex responded better to stress than those who engaged in other sexual behaviors or abstained. Another study found that diastolic blood pressure, that's the bottom number of your blood pressure, tends to be lower in people who live together and have sex often. Next question. Sex boosts your immune system. Is that true or is that false? It's true. Having sex once or twice a week has been linked with higher levels of an antibody called immunoglobulin A or IgA, which can protect you from getting colds and other infections. A Wilkes University study had 112 college students keep records of how often they had sex and also provide saliva samples for the study. And those who had sex once or twice a week had higher levels of IgA than other students. Next question, sex burns calories, true or false? Yeah, it's true. Sex minute, sex for 30 minutes burns 85 calories or more. Now, it may not sound like much, but it adds up. 42 half-hour sessions will burn 3,570 calories, more than enough to lose a pound. Doubling up, you could drop that pound in 21-hour long sessions. So sex is really a great mode of exercise. It takes both physical and psychological work if you want to do it well. Now here's your next question. Sex improves heart health, true or false? A 20-year-long British study shows that men who had sex two or more times a week were half as likely to have a fatal heart attack than men who had sex less than once a month. And although some older folks may worry that sex could cause a stroke, again, the study found no link between how often men had sex and how likely they were to have a stroke. Here's your next quiz question. Sex is linked to better self-esteem. True or false? 
true. The University of Texas researchers found that boosting self-esteem was one of the 237 reasons people have sex. And that finding makes sense to sex, marriage, and a family therapist named Gina Ogden. She says that those who already have self-esteem say they sometimes have sex to feel even better. One of the reasons people say they have sex is to feel good about themselves. Great sex begins with self-esteem. If the sex is loving, connected, and what you want, it raises it. Now, you don't have to have a lot of sex to feel good about yourself. Your self-esteem is all about you, not someone else. But if you're already feeling good about yourself, a great sex life may help you feel even better. Now, what about whether sex helps form deeper intimacy? Yes, this is true. Having sex and orgasm boosts levels of the hormone oxytocin, the so-called love hormone, which helps people bond and build trust. There was a study of 59 women in which researchers checked their oxytocin levels before and after the women hugged their partners. And the women had higher oxytocin levels if they had more of that physical contact with their partner. Higher oxytocin levels have also been linked with a feeling of generosity. So snuggle up. It might help you feel more generous towards your partner. Now, what about this true or false question for you? Sex may turn down pain. True. Again, oxytocin boosts your body's painkillers, the endorphins. Headache, arthritis pain, or PMS symptoms may improve after sex. In one study, 48 people inhaled oxytocin vapor and then had their fingers pricked. The oxytocin increased their pain threshold by more than half, meaning they sensed pain at a higher threshold or were more tolerant or of pain. Next quiz question. More ejaculations may make prostate cancer less likely. Is that a true or a false statement? True. Research shows that frequent ejaculations, especially in 20-something men, may lower the risk of getting prostate cancer later in life. A study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association found that men who had 21 or more ejaculations a month were less likely to get prostate cancer. <laughs> yeah, but more likely to get a right, right wrist overuse injury. No, that's not true. They were more likely to get prostate cancer than those who had four to seven ejaculations per month. The study doesn't prove that ejaculations were the only factor that mattered. Many things affect a person's odds of developing cancer. But when the researchers took that into consideration, the findings still held. Next question. Sex creates strong, stronger pelvic floor muscles. Is that true or is that false? And that is a big time true. For women doing pelvic floor muscle exercise, the Kegel exercises, it may mean more pleasure and as a perk, less chance of incontinence later in life. To do a basic Kegel exercise, you want to tighten the muscles of your pelvic floor as if you're trying to stop the flow of urine, count to three, then release and work up to a number of repetitions. Here's your next question. Sex induces better sleep, true or false? And that's a true as well. The oxytocin released during orgasm also helps sleep research shows. Getting enough sleep has also been linked with a host of other health benefits like healthy weight and better blood pressure. And that's something to think about, especially if you're wondering why your partner can be active one minute and snoring the next. Unresolved conflict. We have to talk about this because I said at the beginning of the show, you not only need to have facts to be uh, enjoying a good sex life, you also need to have no real conflict in your relationship. Unresolved conflict is a passion deflator, especially for women. Now, all humans are wired with an innate need for safety and security. But for men, the biological imperative to spread their seed to ensure the continuance of the species means that men don't lose their sex drive even when conflict exists in their relationship. But a woman's sex drive goes on the fritz when relationship conflict exists. This is because women need to feel safe 
in order to have sex. If a woman feels unsafe, which is the case when chronic conflict is going on, her sex drive turns off. Now, why? Because it doesn't feel safe to produce offspring if her partner isn't going to stick around to protect and provide for her and her offspring. Now, you may say, well, that's so sexist, but we can't deny primitive biological programming. And even though women can use birth control to prevent pregnancy, biological programming doesn't care about this. If a man feels unsafe, a woman's sex drive turns off. Bottom line, if you want a good sex life, resolve your conflicts, which is easier said than done, I know. We don't learn how to resolve conflicts in school. We simply copy the strategies we learned in our first families, and our first families were no experts in conflict resolution, which means we often copy the most dysfunctional conflict conflict resolution behaviors and tactics. So check out Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. That's my first Hay House book. I fully outline my entire proven conflict resolution method. So if you want a better sex life, you got to kick your conflicts to the curb. Kiss Your kiss your Fights Goodbye. We'll show you how to do that. All right, let's take a brief break. Be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. This was once your recreation, but now it's your addiction. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. You could be clean and sober in 7 to 30 days. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. That's 866-761-9111. Call this number right now. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. 
again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. We're talking about sex facts or fiction. And now I'm going to talk to you about my recipe for romance. You know, your sex life may be chilly today, but it can be a hot tamale tomorrow using my recipe for romance. So think about why feeding another person stimulates feelings of love. On the deepest level, as infants, we first experienced love through the mouth being held in our mom's arms and being fed at the same time, inextricably links food with love. When you feed someone, you are speaking directly to your partner's unconscious and saying, I love you. Since the feeling of love sparks sexual desire, you can see why feeding someone is such a turn on. Now, when you actually hand feed someone, you're further sparking those early love associations. When we were babies, we were too young to feed ourselves. So when you pop a strawberry or fig in your beloved's mouth, you're setting off associations that harken back to the earliest and purest feelings of love. So think about shareable platters with finger foods. And you can also improve your relationship, your sexual relationship, by cooking with your partner. Have your partner watch you peel juicy peaches and then slip in some extra cinnamon. And recent research shows that the scent of cinnamon raises a man's libido. Cinnamon also has been shown to increase appetite, both physical and sexual. Some people even rub cinnamon oil onto their bodies to produce powerful sexual stimulation, or you could just eat it. And have your partner watch you make a cake from scratch and then let your partner lick the spoon, which sends the subliminal message that he's licking wedding cake off your nose to instantly rekindle the passion of the early days. So let's also run through a list of some foods that fuel the flames. Anise, anise seed. It's a very popular aphrodisiac with many cul culinary uses. It's been used as an aphrodisiac since ancient Greek and Roman times. They believed anise seed had special powers and sucking on the seeds would greatly increase desire. Asparagus. Back in the day, any food resembling human sexual anatomy was thought to be an aphrodisiac, which definitely explains the oysters. But given its phallic shape, asparagus's libido-boosting rep as an aphrodisiac shouldn't be a complete surprise. Did you know that in the 19th century France, Bridegrooms were served multiple helpings to, to help their lovemaking. But there's more to asparagus than its appearance with its high nutrient content, including potassium, fiber, folic acid, and vitamins A, C, and B6. Asparagus boosts histamine production, which is necessary for the ability to reach orgasm in both sexes. Almonds. These nuts are an ancient symbol of fertility extending back to biblical times. The sweet fragrance may also serve as a sexual attractant. Um, almonds are also high in beneficial fats, fiber, and vitamin E. Soak your nuts. <laughs> Wait a minute. This isn't coming out right at all. Soak your nuts because you want to remove the anti-nutrients, the lectins and the oxalates that build up in the body and prevent the absorption of magnesium and other beneficial nutrients. Another aphrodisiac is arugula, or some call it rocket, and rocket is a pocket rocket. Arugula, or rocket seed, has been documented as an aphrodisiac since the first century AD when it was added to grated orchid bulbs and parsnips and combined with pine nuts and pistachios. Check out avocado. This silky mild fruit has a reputation as an aphrodisiac extending back to ancient Aztec times. In fact, the Aztecs called the avocado tree Ahuwagtil, which it translates to testicle tree. Slice the half of the avocado and eat it alone or as part of a tossed green salad. Also, check out the banana flower. It's a marvelous evocative shape, partially responsible for the popularity of the banana as an aphrodisiac. An Islamic myth relates that after Adam and Eve succumbed to the apple, they covered their nudity with banana leaves rather than fig leaves. Practically, bananas are rich in potassium and B vitamins, necessities for sex hormone production. And check out basil. You can use this sweet, pungent herb to liven up your meals and your sex life. Sprinkle a little chopped fresh basil over tomatoes or top off a homemade vegetable soup with it. It's not, it not only adds fresh flavor, but it could also enhance sexual desire by increasing heart rate and improving blood flow. I'll never forget the first time I had insalata caprese, which uh, is 
a beautiful salad that uh, originated on the Isle of Capri. And John and I were there and they served these beautiful, big slices of tomato with big, big leaves of basil and mozzarella di bufala, buffalo mozzarella with lovely olive oil and uh, salt and pepper. Delicious, beautiful summer salad, easy to make. Broccoli rabe and other mustard greens. These uh, ground seeds of various plants in the brassica family have always been believed to increase virility, but also soak your seeds. Cardamom. In the Arabian Nights, you can read about the use of this ancient spice as an aphrodisiac, and the spice comes in pods, which you can grind for use as needed. Cardamom is warming and pungent and can increase blood flow, which probably accounts for its aphrodisiac properties. It's also an antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory agent, and you can macerate ground pods in hot water to make tea like a classic Indian chai or sprinkle it over a stir-fry or soup. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you the bottom line truth about Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. This was once your recreation, but now it's your addiction. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. You could be clean and sober in 7 to 30 days. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. That's 866-761-9111. Call this number right now. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. 
Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf. We're talking about sex, facts, and fiction. And now we're going to talk some more about my recipe for romance, the foods that are natural aphrodisiacs. And I promise to tell you about carrots. Carrots and the rest of a salad can do really good things for you in the bedroom because they are really good for your body. Rather than feeling overly full and stuffed with unhealthy food, a salad is going to leave you feeling light and energetic. Now, keep in mind that the cellulose in carrots makes them rather undigestible when they are raw. But when you cook them, you're more able to get the nutrients into your body. But if you're on a keto diet, cooking the carrots releases the carb content. So only raw carrots are permitted on the, car, on the, the keto diet. But the bottom line is, whether you eat them raw or whether you eat them cooked, anything that is light and gives you extra energy is going to lead you to having more sexual energy. You know, we talk about bunnies being randy, and maybe that's why Bugs Bunny is frequently depicted nibbling on a carrot. If you nibble on a few carrots yourself, you might find yourself up for some uh, loving action. Carrots, of course, are a phallic symbol and hold power over some minds as a way to get the phallus into action. But it's also worth considering the whole salad bar of options. There are lots of vegetables that resemble phalluses, and don't forget a tomato. Europeans who first tried tomatoes called them love apples. So eat your carrots and you'll be saying, what's up, duh? Oh, caviar. How about this? It is an egg after all, and this food also has a high zinc content, and that's essential for blood flow, if you know what I'm saying. Now, cayenne pepper, very stimulating. Cayenne chili pepper possesses real virtues in the acceleration of blood flow. So sprinkle some cayenne. Cloves. Cloves are one of the most powerful natural aphrodisiacs. They're used against mental and physical fatigue, and they can be used by lovers who feel a little loss of power. What about celery? This crunchy, aromatic veggie serves as a flavor base for soups and stews in cuisines throughout the world, and is also high in essential nutrients that are great for sex. And it contains two chemicals, androsterone and adrostenol. These serve as sexual attractants when ingested. And if that's not enough to get you drinking your glowing green smoothie every day, then consider celery also makes you more physically attractive. What about chocolate? There's a reason chocolate foods are all over the store shelves, especially when Valentine's rolls around, because it's long been thought to have aphrodisiac qualities. And such a multitude of chocolate may defeat the purpose because chocolate was originally considered an aphrodisiac simply because it was so rare. And same thing with potatoes. They were once considered an aphrodisiac in Europe because they were exotic. But even if you're inundated with cheap chocolate, does that mean chocolate is a worthless Valentine's gift uh, or a worthless aphrodisiac? And the answer is, of course, not. Some studies have linked chocolate love lovers with higher libidos. And it may be because the effect of chocolate has a very powerful effect on the brain. It contains serotonin, a chemical that makes you happy and more inclined to show your partner some affection. It also has caffeine, which keeps you awake long enough to take care of business. But the real secret weapon in this suite may be the phenylalanine, which is a natural... I, I didn't say that right. Phenyl lethalamine. It's a hard word to say. It's a natural neurotransmitter version of amphetamine. High levels of this are associated with love and heartbreak can cause your phenylalanine levels to drop dramatically. But don't be so fast because um, phenylalanine is too quickly digested to have any real effect in the bedroom. But still, the Aztecs referred to chocolate as nourishment of the gods. And it contains lots of antioxidants, more than red wine. The secret for passion is to combine the two. Try a glass of Cabernet and a bit of dark chocolate for a sensuous treat. But, you know, beware of the added sugars in chocolate. So what I like to do is get plain chocolate and sweeten it with 100% monk fruit or allulose. Both have no effect on your, your insulin levels. Chili peppers. 
This is a biggie. Capsaicin in peppers heats the body up and increases blood flow. It's also a powerful pain reliever. It causes the brain to release endorphins, and they are your feel-good chemical. And along with the internal effects leading to sexual desire, they have temporary external effects that cause the outer appearance of sexual desire, flushed skin and swollen lips. And this creates a powerful one-two punch that just may cause sexual desire. And many cultures throughout history have used peppers as an aphrodisiac. So sprinkle cayenne on avocados or add a little zip up, a zip to your soups or stir fries. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. This was once your recreation, but now it's your addiction. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. You could be clean and sober in 7 to 30 days. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. That's 866-761-9111. Call this number right now. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf talking about sex facts and fiction and uh, my recipe for romance. So I want to make sure I can get to the questions. So I'll just run through the list of the remaining foods that are known aphrodisiac. Coffee coriander, fennel, which actually is a libido enhancer because it contains phytoestrogens or plant estrogens, figs, 
garlic. The allicin in garlic increases blood flow. Ginger increases libido as well. Vanilla. Honey. That's why they call it, they call it a honeymoon. Uh, hot peppers. And don't try Spanish fly because Spanish fly has a reputation as an aphrodisiac, but it can burn your mouth, scar the genitalia, the urethra, and kill a person. That's a sure way to kill your passion. Licorice, also that's a phytoestrogen. Mustard, nutmeg, oysters, pine nuts, again, soak your nuts. Pine nuts are very high in oxalate. Pineapple, saffron, strawberries and raspberries, truffles, wine, and pumpkin pie, believe it or not, cheese pizza, buttered popcorn also causes a 9% increase in blood flow to the penis, but I am totally against grain in general, and popcorn is one of the most heavily pesticide-laden grains. If you ever want to touch it, it has to be organic, not sprayed. Okay, let me give you a couple of tweets to just drive home the message today, your facts. Remember finger foods, get your partner in the mood. For a slam dunk recipe for romance, use the foods that make people want to drop their pants. If your sex life feels like an ex-life, use spices to spice up your sex life. For men, ensure your sex life doesn't stink. Try scrubbing some dishes in the sink. If you want to say what's up, doc, eat your carrots round the clock. If you cook for her, she'll be begging you to devour her. Cook for her and have a sex life. That's a page turner. And if you can stand the heat, get in the kitchen, dudes. Cook for her and she'll think you're Ben her. And for women, an apron is as good as a negligee, negligee for making him want to hit the hay. To turn on your sweetie pie, bake him a pumpkin pie. Bake him a cake and your world will quake. Preparing your beloved's favorite dishes is a secret way to fulfill your sexual wishes. For a sex life that's finger-licking good, try cooking up something good. Recipe for spending more time beneath the covers, cook together like young lovers. All right, let's get to some questions. So, dear Dr. Love, I would really like your advice on a subject that's bothering me and making me feel so down and confused lately. I'm a 45-year-old man. My girlfriend's 45. We've been dating for eight months, and she never performed oral sex on me, although I have done it numerous, numerous times to her. But besides the fact that she's never performed oral sex, she rarely touches my genital parts and never kisses me anywhere beside on the mouth. I kiss her and caress her everywhere. I was very shy to bring up the subject until five to six months into the relationship. It went downhill from there. At first, I was asking general questions like, do you feel comfortable with me intimately? Do I turn you on? Is there something I don't do right? She replied, all is good and that she is attracted to me or else she wouldn't sleep with me. So one day I asked her directly, did you ever please a guy orally? She replied, it's something she doesn't enjoy, but yes, she did, but rarely. She said, I did it to my ex-husband once in a while. She had been married for 15 years and divorced for five. So I asked, did it ever happen with guys after your divorce? She said, yes, once. And this is why I feel like really bad, doctor. She performed oral sex to this guy who by her saying didn't see, she didn't see a future with him. And she added that she felt obliged. So I asked why you felt obliged and she didn't answer. I don't think she had a bad experience because she would tell me. She told me so many other things about what happened to her before. So with me, she said I was the only one since her divorce that she considered a steady boyfriend. So what am I missing here? When I told her how I feel that she did, did it with him and not with me, she couldn't say why. She said it just happened. But it doesn't mean that because she didn't do that to me, she doesn't like me or care. She said that she finds it she feels very comfortable with sexuality so that that's not an issue. I'm having a hard time dealing with this and her responses aren't satisfying me. Basically, I told her that I was very patient, never forced or um, threatened her. And I did so much for her. I've always been a true gentleman. And I said, I feel unattractive because it is something she already did, but never to me after eight months. If she never had in the past, I would understand, but she did. So why not please me at least once or make me understand better? 
It has become more of an emotional need than a physical one. And she doesn't understand why I feel this way. She took her distance from me because of it. And I feel even more sad. Please help me understand. Is it normal for me to feel this way? Because she makes it sound like I'm the one with the problem. She even turned it around and said that I make her feel like she is not good in bed and it's driving me nuts. Okay. So you're in pain because you're interpreting her unwillingness to give you oral sex as a sign that you're not truly loved by her and or not attractive to her. And the fact that she did this with a man that she saw no future with is the icing on the cake of your heartache. So here's the case where you need to use my technique reading between the sheets to understand why you're so upset. Check out Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. I have a whole section in there on how to read between the sheets. So in short, you need to strip away the overt content, which is she won't give you oral sex, and focus on what you're feeling instead. You're feeling hurt, unloved, unwanted. Next, you want to come up with a childhood memory that triggers the same feeling. What was happening to you back then? Was mom ignoring you and paying attention to your sister or brother? When you connect then and now, you're going to understand why the current event has you so upset. It's, it's um, ripped off the scab of an old scar. And in adulthood, we all recreate our old scars from childhood because we're hoping to achieve what I call our happy ending. And it turns out that the term happy ending is really most applicable to your case. It that, that a happy ending refers to the illegal practice of giving an orgasm to a massage client. So you see my double entendre. But seriously, your happy ending is to finally feel loved and wanted. And you've got it in your head that her giving you head would make you feel loved. So if you look back over your relationship with her, you will see that you have been driven by an unconscious fantasy. You believe that you could win her love by being good to her in and out of the bedroom. And if you study the way you were with her sexually, you gave her much more than she gave you. You said that you also gave her oral sex, even though she didn't give it to you. Without realizing it, your behavior trained her to take and not reciprocate. And what you've discovered is that your behavior led you to feel used and hurt. And when you operate under this fantasy and give to someone who won't reciprocate, you end up feeling like garbage, as you said. So what you need to see is that you created this scenario. So read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. It's going to help you understand why you got caught in this painful dance, and it's going to show you how to set yourself free. By the way, a nun or a priest may be willing to receive his or her rewards in the afterlife. But in this life, lay people require reciprocity in and out of the bedroom. So the rule of thumb is give to those who value your gifts and return them to you. When you read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, you're going to understand that you're trapped in a painful repetition compulsion. And you're going to choose... Um, when you're in a repetition compulsion, you choose someone who's like the parent who let you down, someone who who can't love you back. And then you fall into the trap that all neglected and abused kids do. You try to be a good, giving, and loving boy, thinking that this is going to win you love. And when that doesn't work, you give more. And this is the formula for feeling used and like crap. So Kiss Your Fights Goodbye is going to show you how to set yourself free from your old scar and free from this woman who won't give you what you deserve emotionally and sexually. So, you know, I'm not going to have time to answer faked into a corner and teeny peeny and addicted to oral sex and hard to achieve an orgasm. So what you can do is go to askdrlove.com and under advice Q&A, you'll see there's a search box and you can type in these terms that I've just mentioned and it will bring up the question and my answer and then you'll find it there. So that's about all I have for you today. It was a very, very heavy show, lots of information, but I really want you to have a beautiful sex life. It's so important. Sex is the glue that keeps you together. And so it's wonderful when you can have a wonderful sex life. So know the facts, resolve your conflicts, bring these aphrodisiac foods and practices into your sexual bedroom and life outside the bedroom, and you're going to have a great time. All right. See you next time on Ask Dr. Love. You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at askdrlove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times. Thank you.